Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arse Blog Arsecast right here on arseblog.com. Hope you're well. What a show we've got for you today. Oh my goodness, what a show. It could be. I guess it could be a good show. At this moment in time, though, I really don't have a clue. You see, unlike the Arsecast Extra, when James and I record for 20, 25 minutes, we do the first part, we take a short break in the middle, little bathroom break. If anyone's had too many cups of tea before we start recording, you know how tea just goes straight through you. Yeah. So sometimes we have to do that, but more or less it takes about an hour to record because start, little break, do the second part, that's it. That's it. There's no more to it than that other than sometimes to cut a couple of bits out or a couple of mistakes or or if something goes technically... or if something goes technically wrong, you know, we, we fix that. So, But that's it. It's about an hour. The Arsecast regular, I guess that's what you'd call it. You're just the Arsecast. The Arsecast original. Perhaps we'll have to uh, rebrand at some point. It's been going on for so long. So it could be Arsecast extra, Arsecast original. We give it some uh, weight of authenticity. I don't know. But anyway, that, that works in a different way because uh, I tend to do things at different times of the day. So I might record the intro earlier. I might record something in the middle. And then I might record a bit for the end. And then the guest comes along and all that kind of stuff. I think it would be fair to say that I just basically make it up as I go along, which is fine. You know, it's got me this far, and I think at this point, there's very little chance of me changing my ways. I'm not going to suddenly approach the Arsecast in a new, methodical way. I'm not going to do a a running order. I remember when I went to college, and we were uh, learning how to do radio, and they would tell you, you've got to do a running order. For every radio show you do, you've got to do a running order. So between zero and 30 seconds, you've got the music. And then from 30 seconds to uh, two minutes, uh, 15, you've got an intro, and you're telling people, and it's like, oh, my God. Who could be arse doing all that? What a pain in the fucking hole that is. So uh, I've always um, not done that, and I'm not going to start doing it now. The thing about this particular show today is that I did have somebody lined up as a guest. Unfortunately, they can't make it. And at this point, I, I've got no I've got no idea. I've got no idea who's going to be on. That could change in a few minutes. Time. I could get an email. I've got some feelers out there, some, some people to talk to. But right now, I don't know who it's going to be. And we've got things to talk about on this show for sure. We've got Bayern Munich to talk about. Maybe we don't necessarily have to talk about that too much, but we probably should, given that given that it happened and all. It would seem a bit weird, wouldn't it, just to sort of go through a podcast and pretend like it never happened? That would be cool, though. Actually, I should try that one time. Just completely ignore a major event or, or game or something. Just never say a thing about it. People would get freaked out, wouldn't they? Why is he not talking about it? Why is he not saying anything about that? But now I've told you why, so you'll already know. So the surprise on that particular thing is gone. But look, all I do know is that we're going to have a show. We're going to have Arsenal chatter. We're going to have this and that, bits and bobs, flotsam and jetsam, whatever it might be, audio things for you to listen to as you go about your day, whether this is Friday or Saturday or leading up to the game on Sunday. Game on Sunday. That's a big one, isn't it? Tottenham Hotspur, North London Derby. We've already done them this season. Will they be out for revenge? I don't know if you'd call it revenge. Probably just them wanting to to win the game against us, which really sums up what a pack of inconsiderate cunts they are. So we'll probably touch on that game, look back at the Bayern Munich game, and, and just see where it all takes us. We won't worry about the details too much, no. We'll just, uh, we'll just carry on, see where we go. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'm writing an album. Can't tell you any more than that. It's going to be a concept album, though. Not quite sure what the concept would be. Probably that the world is a, a big simulation. We're all living inside a computer simulation. I'm convinced of it, for sure. I'll tell you why. There have been many things that have happened in the past, which I can't remember now, but they did happen. But this week, I got new lights for my bike. So I cycled into town, parked the bike, and locked the bike in the, in the bike park thing, which is in the city center, and said to myself, make sure you take your new lights. They're USB and everything. They're great. You don't need batteries. You just, like, stick them on. Uh, when you can get somebody who's mechanically minded to attach the lights to the back of your bike, I had to get an engineer to do that, because I couldn't do it or follow the instructions. So Mrs. Bloggs did that. I'm just like shit at that kind of stuff. I could read the instructions 50 times. It wouldn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Whatever way my brain works, it doesn't work. Anyway, so make sure you take the lights because, you know, someone will steal them. And I, I went off and completely forgot the lights. And about an hour and a half later, I remembered and I was out walking around. I wasn't far from where the bike was parked. I said, oh, fuck, I'll go back and I'll get, I'll get the lights if they're still there. Arrive to the bike. Lights are gone. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Those lights cost me X amount of money. I looked down at the bike again, and they were there. They were on the bike. They'd reappeared. Now, you might think I chose to not see them because that's what I was expecting, but no, they weren't there. It was an underground car park, and I, I sort of let out a, no, which echoed around the place like this. No. And then I looked, and there they were again. The lights that I had bought were still on the bike. So I said, whew, that's great. And uh, I turned and left and nearly went off without them again. So perhaps there's something wrong with my brain. Who the hell is ringing me? Oh, my God. Hang on. I'm back. Don't worry. Don't go anywhere. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, it was just a guy calling me about stuff and things, but none of those stuffs or things are interesting enough to tell you about. And you wouldn't care anyway. So don't worry about it. Oh my God, now I've got a fucking text message. Sorry about this. I normally put my phone on silent and I could easily just record over this and do this bit again. But you know, anyway, the good news is that I've got things sorted. I've got like stuff sorted for the podcast so I kind of know what's going to happen. In a little while I'm going to talk to Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com about what happened in Munich the performance, the defeat and the effect that it might have on a North London derby coming up this weekend and let's face it Hollick has seen more North London derbies than most. He knows the score but right now, seeing as we're playing that lot on Sunday, we might as well talk to one of them, see what they're thinking see what their sketch is uh, this particular game and for the rest of this season I would say it's a warm welcome back to the show but it's, it's not it's not warm at all really but it's uh, Harry Hotspur hello hello you know these opposition view things that, that people do um, they're dreadful why they are, are we doing this I don't know because essentially all you want to do is say you, you lot are a pack of cunts and I just want to say you know you, you people are absolute cunts but there's this veneer of, of politeness and well I and, don't know now hang on hang on hang on hang what? on, hang on, hang on. I, you and I know each other yes and I can vouch for your your, your cuntitude yes that's true but I know other Arsenal fans who are great. West Ham is my like irrational uh, contempt hatred thing. But let's let's carry on with your premise. Well, you've kind of thrown me off course here now. <laughs> that was the gig. 
Well, you've fucked the whole thing. Jesus. <laughs> well, look, um, it's been a okay, while. Okay, we're going to beat you 8-0 because we're even better than some Germans. Yeah. You Is that re- what you, you want to hear? Is that what you want to hear? Maybe, maybe. That's perhaps what we need to bring us back down to earth after uh, <laughs> yeah, that was good. a shattering performance in, in midweek. Um, you, of course, will, uh, not at the time of playing, you're, you're playing um, tonight. We're recording this yesterday. It's like, it's like audio time travel. Yeah, we're playing, we're playing Yarmouth ladies away. How are you feeling about your season? I mean, it seems to be going all right. You know, the, the new manager guy, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there seems to have been a slight change of tack in the sense that, you know, they haven't fired him yet. <laughs> That's That seems to be working out all right. Yeah, you're, you're quite right. That, that laughter was not recorded, although it probably <laughs> sounded as if it was. Um, I'm Listen, I, I just watch football matches and I support Spurs. Um, it's a bit like saying I have a blood group. <laughs> Mm. You know, you're not necessarily in charge of, of, of things that go on. Pochettino is a is a patsy, and he's probably the nicest patsy that Daniel Levy's had in a long time. I think Spurs may come unstuck soon. I hope it isn't against you lot, um, although I think there are worse people out there. Um we shall wait and see, but we're we're, we're skating on thin ice. Um, we've we've put what is it six goals past two really mediocre teams in the last couple of weeks, and Anderlecht before we play them tonight, which is when this goes out a month ago, <laughs> are again you know the a best team that we've met in the Europa, <laughs> and they've they've been too good for us so yeah come on then where you're 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 saying or your listeners are saying where's where's that guy's fight but i'm i i'd like a fight but i think we're a bit unarmed at the moment in what that perhaps momentum is carrying you through games that i just think we've played some dunces and i think that we desperately are in need of more than keeping our fingers crossed and hoping harry kane happens um, yeah. it's funny because there are parallels between between um, us and obviously your your righteous selves who are just shy of being top of the table through goal difference in so much that you've been backing players um, who can't stay fit and we just don't have any players to back I've got no idea what to say to that because I don't really know what it meant well, it was it was it was a it was a it was an algorithm, really. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see how it is because I think the last time we spoke, it could have been could have been when Harry was was still the manager there, and he he had you he had you very exercised in general about not just um, not just was what was going exorcised? on. Exorcised, yes. The power of, of uh, Daniel Levy compels you. Um, what, what's, um, what's your feeling now about the, the way things are being run there? Are you still, like, crotchety about the whole lot? I mean, you're going to have to move to... Where are you moving to? Bridlington? Oh, we're going to Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes, Milton yes. Keynes, baby. Buckinghamshire. Mm, that's um, going to be fun. Well, do you know what would be more fun is if you know, the club was run properly. Um, 
I'm talking to you now. I should be like Mr. Mr. Hostile, but uh, I'm almost saying like I wanted to fucking defect. But uh, <laughs> that isn't the case. So just calm yourselves. But um, yeah, we're we, we're going to we're we're going to to, to that place um, of the um, what are they made of? Um, fiberglass cows or whatever it is, and endless ring roads. But it's a great stadium, and it might actually give us some stability, and it might actually broaden the fan base, which sounds outrageous. Um, there are a pocket of our fans are determined to play at Wembley, but I'm 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 old, you know. I'm 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 nearly as old as you. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, you know, and I think you you go to Wembley by dint of achievement. You deserve it, and you don't go there. I mean, if there's a war on. <laughs> You know, it's all very cool saying, you know, well, the Nazis flattened our grounds. So we all, you know, scrambled together and played. And so and so. But there isn't a bloody war on. Um, and this is all commercial these days. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you just have to get to a semi-final of the FA Cup now to get to Wembley. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm not sure the achievement thing yeah, really pans out. Yeah, or like a quarter-final of like the... Um, Zenith Data paint, Systems Cup. Paint uh, trophy Velcro thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, is is there any chance you might stay in Milton Keynes? I'm sure that's a question my <laughs> listeners would want me to ask. <laughs> no, do you know, seriously, our supporters trust. Um, and it's pity. Well, it's not a pity. It's a blessing for you. We don't have four hours um, with to, which to uh, digress. But these guys have actually been suggesting that could we not move back? <laughs> You know, could there be like legal issues or this, that, or the other with the rebuild on the stadium? Um, and the whole thing of moving outside of London has been treated very suspiciously. But MK Dons, love them or hate them, um, have a fantastic stadium. Um, and you should have no problems filling it. Well, that's the other thing. Um, God forbid we would debase ourselves, um, you know, inadvertently by playing at Wembley and. You know, lots of people dressed as red plastic seats turning up. <laughs> it is going to be a challenge, though, when you you move into that new place. No, what is it, sixty thousand and and one? Did you do a <laughs> you did a Suarez on our capacity? Isn't that right? You just built one more seat than we have. Listen, the whole thing the whole thing is 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 a, is an utterly crooked enterprise of social and ethnic cleansing. Um, but um, yeah. Let's wait and see. I mean, I'm a great believer that there are people who keep on reciting this line, you know, some religious mantra about build it and they will come. I think you actually need to have content before people click on it to, to bring it down to our dirty business. And um, so if Spurs are doing what they are at the moment and playing as they are, I am struggling to see. I should be more upbeat and aggressive, shouldn't I? I'm no, 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 no. It's fine. I think people will like the uh, the understated realism of your your replies here. I saw somebody yesterday talking up Tottenham as potential uh, title contenders. Which title was that? Was it <laughs> Great versus Bake Off or something? Uh, yeah, but best team in Milton Keynes, I think. Is that it? <laughs> best best up and coming team. In yeah. <laughs> uh, but where do I mean I believe, re realistically? Yeah. Where do you where do you see you guys finish this season? Um, eight, top four? Can you eight, do top four? Do you know something? If we do top four, it'll be by default. And I think that applies to a lot of people. If you look at the table right now, um, the bottom half of the table, and this isn't necessarily groundbreaking what I'm about to share here, but 
bloody awful. The quality of the teams, it's like quicksand. And so you've got a lot of teams outside of real football clubs like yourselves, uh, you know, Manchester City, blah, 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 who are like kind of nestling around there. But the dropping of Chelsea and the improvement in the vibe, the mood, if you like, of people like West Ham. But beneath that, there's absolute junk. And I think we're still the top of the, you know, the rest, the, the best of the rest or whatever the phrase. Mm. All right. Well, look, um, I, I won't do anything as crass as ask for a prediction, but you didn't mention a word there that I think probably we could enjoy a little moment or two together with Chelsea. How are you, how are you uh, having fun with that? Oh, well, it's great. I think it's, I think it's good for football, mm. <laughs> um, which, which sounds, um, you know, awfully kind of... Um, as if you give a shit about football in general. No, I do. It's a moral campaign. Ethically, <laughs> I get up. It's the first thing I set my alarm clock for in the morning. I but no, make I, football I think better. Yeah, absolutely. It'll, it'll make us all feel better about each other. But no, they they are awful and they're not very nice people. And um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yes. Well, I- and long may it continue. That is the thing. Long may it continue. Not just a temporary blip, but quite a long blip. Blips blips are no good to us here. What we're looking for are, you know, proper, like, emergency services, people having, you know, donation numbers pop up on their TV screen, the whole thing. (laughs) We're not looking for a blip. We're looking for a goddamn era. We're looking, yeah, we're looking for a back-to-back tsunami of (laughs) awfulness. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. All right, listen, thanks very much for being, you know, one of the most awful cunts I know on a consistent basis. You're, you're yeah, great yeah. like Yeah, listen, that. to all. <laughs> well yeah, played. Yeah, because that's, that's what this podcast is worth, a prediction. To all, you say? Yeah, fuck all right. all. all right, man. Thank you very much indeed to Harry Hotspur. He's a bit like Chaz and Dave rolled into to one big package. I just said the word big package and Harry Hotspur in the same sentence. My mind needs some bleach right now. And he'd be the first to agree that that would be absolutely necessary. Before we get on and talk to Gurna Holic, it's getting cold, right? It's getting wintry. The long nights, long evenings are in. The clocks have gone back. It's colder. Got to light the fire. And when you go out, you got to wrap up warm. We are, as always, as we do every year, we're going to have some great gifts, some prizes to give away from our friends at Savile Rogue. But just to remind you that we do have a discount code with them every year as well. It is uh, 10RSblog, 10RSblog. So if you go to Savile-Rogue.com, you want to pick out any of their great stuff, scarves and hats and gloves and all kinds of great things on the website coming up to Christmas, of course, you get 10% off using the code 10RSblog. So I just wanted to tell you that just in case you were in the mood to do some, you know, early scarf shopping. You know, you can never be too timely with your scarf shopping of a year. It's Savile-Rogue.com. Savile-Rogue. Check them out. The stuff is fantastic. So, look, let's do it. Let's get the Arsenal perspective on what's happened this week in the uh, Champions League. It's not so great. And look ahead to what could happen this weekend in the Premier League. Fingers crossed it will be great. Uh, with our friend Gunnar Hollick. Hello there. Hello there, Blogs. Thank you for inviting me again. My pleasure. Um, before we look forward, we should look back. And that uh, goes to Munich in midweek. Champions League action. 
I'd rather do Swansea. Yeah. <laughs> We've already done that, you see. That's that's the thing. And, and you don't get to choose. No, that's true. No. Uh, so, look, it wasn't exactly a night to remember in any great sense. Um, I'm not sure losing the game was a huge surprise. Perhaps 5-1 was a little bit more than people were expecting, though. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Last night, the kind of you expected a reaction on Twitter that didn't seem to materialise, or not on my timeline anyway, and I kind of uh, a bit bit more careful about who's on there these days uh but there was kind of a resignation about it that people had expected us to lose the match having Mm. upset them by beating them at home but yes this morning as you say it's kind of when you look back at the magnitude of the defeat and the manner of the defeat um that, that leaves a little bit of a sour taste because we didn't do ourselves justice in that opening 45 minutes um, although having said that, I thought Munich were absolutely fantastic, but I think we allowed them to be. Mm, I think that's true. I mean, they were clinical and they took their chances really well, but it wasn't a case really. I mean, there was an occasion, I think, in the second half when Robin got through. It wasn't necessarily that they were pulling us apart. Um, we, we made mistakes, and I think for all the goals, maybe the, the, the fourth one you could probably say was just a nice bit of play and a very well-timed run by Robin. But all of the goals involved mistakes to some extent or another by Arsenal players. Mm. Yeah, and I'd, I'd wondered beforehand as well, I did tweet it at the time, it's just before kickoff, whether we might go out there and have a go at them. And it looked as though from the kickoff that was kind of the idea because we launched the first couple of attacks. Giroud had the first shot of any meaning and it kind of 10 minutes before they got into the game. But of course, when they got into the game, they scored with basically their first attack and that was a horrible Horrible mistake. Uh, I don't know whether Gabriel had been called out mm. or whether he decided off his own back that he thought he was going to be a little bit cute and leave Lewandowski in there. But it backfired horribly, didn't it? And from that moment on then, the first half was just one-way traffic and very uh, we completely changed our game plan, if indeed our game plan had been to take them by surprise. Yeah, I think probably the game plan was, like, let's not concede and get to half time and then see if they get a bit jittery and, and, and everything else. But that's clearly the window and then when you're when you're 3-0 down at half time when you're not playing particularly well and you know that you don't have anything in reserve to to bring on to try and to try and change the dynamic of the team in any great way you know there was nobody who could come on and add a bit of pace there was nobody who could add some power up front there was no you know so it it was all very prosaic very functional and I think that was reflected in the performance as well even if we did once they sort of sat off a little bit having gone 4-0 we had a, a, a decent spell I suppose but then you know that's as much down to them having won the game and, and backing off a bit yeah, I don't know if you're being a bit unfair to us or not there. I, I, yes, probably. The way they had started the match, they probably did take the foot off the gas a little bit. Mm. But I thought that we picked up and for most of the second half played some absolutely tremendous football. You suddenly started seeing Coquelin and Cazorla taking it in turns to move forward and bring an extra body into the attack. Ozil started running the game. But as you say, it may have well been that they allowed them to. And it was a shame that we only got the one goal back. I think a second goal might have made life a little bit interesting for a while but Mm. uh, I was also a little bit surprised after you know we'd got the first goal and not got the second that we'd have been making substitutions sooner with Thursday in mind yeah that um yeah yeah, Sunday, you mean, I think. Sunday, um, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? I was, you said Thursday. I was trying to figure <laughs> what God. the fuck's going on today that I don't know about. But no, I, I know I know what you mean. But again, I think it comes down to also uh, 
an element of damage limitation to a certain extent. Like, I don't think you could throw on Iwobi or you couldn't throw on Callum Chambers with, with 20 minutes to go, really, because, um, you know, if you end up getting beat six or seven, you know, that, that that's really that's really a bit of a worry. And that, of course, comes down to what happens on the bench. I mean, are you worried at all that after the the relatively good spell we've had, certainly in the, the, in the league, we've had a, a really good spell. We obviously had that game against Sheffield Wednesday that didn't go uh, as well as we would have liked. Again, there were some circumstances, I won't say mitigating circumstances, but circumstances nonetheless. But are you a bit worried that perhaps 5-1 is a little bit damaging to confidence or is it something that you feel this team will look at and go, right, well, okay we've got to put that away we've got to compartmentalize that let's show what we're really made of in the derby I I think they will I think they've kind of shown it a couple of times in the past this season as well when they've come back from bad European results to put in performances Manchester United Leicester where we really recovered Um, and I'm sure that nobody will want getting bigged up for the Tottenham game because everybody knows how much it means to the fans. The only thing that does worry me about it is that are we going to have 11 fit players to start the bloody game? <laughs> we might touch on injuries now in a moment, um, but I just, want, I just want to stick with the European thing. Um, the game uh, between Olympiakos and Dinamo Zagreb did not go the way that we wanted. If Zagreb had won, it would have left the group much more open. But as it stands, I mean, there's still a chance for us to qualify, you know, without wishing to tempt fate or, or anything like that. It's difficult to see Olympiakos getting any kind of result against Bayern. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leaves us with a, with a job to do in the second game. I mean, where do you, where do you see our chances realistically? Uh, I've seen us come back from this. I, I remember there was a uh, we came back from not very many points in the first half or first three games one year, and, and I think we finished top in the end. Mm. So we've what it boils down to is you've got to win two games. You've got to win the second one by two goals. The unfortunate thing, of course, is that our record in Greece isn't that good, but that's that doesn't mean that that doesn't stand for anything. If we're going into the game knowing that's what we need to do, I think you'll see a, a much more positive performance from us. Mm. And thank God it's Olympiakos away and not. Bayern Munich away in the last game. <laughs> yes, that's very true. I mean, I think the other the thing about the other Olympiacos games when we've gone out there, for the most part, they've been dead rubbers. Mm. They've been games that we haven't had to really uh, to get anything from. So for the most part, we've we've rested players or fielded kids or, or that kind of thing. So I think it'll be a different different animal, of course, if we if we go there. Um, should things not go our way, imagine they don't go our way. Let's just uh, let's just uh, tip that way for just a moment. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Europa League? Um, I think we've got to attempt to finish in the highest possible position that we can and if it means that we end up finishing third and go into the Europa League then there's a tournament there that I'm sure Arsene Wenger will treat um, as an opportunity to play not necessarily his full first team. Why not? Because I think he won't want the number of games players playing the number of games that will interfere with the Premier League campaign. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, I get that. I mean, are there m- many more games in the Europa League than there are in the Champions League? So, I mean, if you make progression in the Champions League, for example, I mean, do you not play more or less the same games as you do in the Europa League? It's, a good uh, it's an actual question here. I'm not, like, trying to disprove No, anything. and I haven't, got, I haven't got the actual answer, but from memory, don't they go into a second group phase? Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. okay. 
we've never been in it, so I've never bothered. Yeah, exactly. I've never, I've never looked at it. So, but it always seems to be that there seems to be a lot of games going on in it. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit more travel, but you know, is there is there um, something to be said that perhaps this is a team that could do with winning a, a European trophy? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for, from a supporter's perspective, I'm not so sure that Arsenal would look at it in the same way. I don't think he'll derail a league campaign. And this is me making an assumption about a man I don't know. Mm. But from looking at what he's done in the past, I think he would treat it very much like a league cup. I may be horribly wrong. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess he doesn't really have any choice at the moment because we don't have we don't have any players to rotate as it stands. Yeah, um, it's not the truth. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a worry. Hector Bellerin missed uh, the Bayern game with a groin injury. Arsene Wenger says there's a small chance. Lauren Koscielny, he's um, he's carrying a hip injury, which I guess he must have picked up in training or something like that. Because well, he must uh, have picked it up in Germany because he yeah, he travelled out. He was named as a substitute, but he didn't change. He sat. He was fully clothed on the bench mm. apparently really I didn't notice that I, so, didn't, notice I that. didn't notice it I read it somewhere this morning yeah well there you go um, so <laughs> he he's going to go off and play for France during the interlull if he doesn't recover in time so you know it it is a bit of a worry isn't it and the other thing about not being able to rotate is I, w- I won't say it's a vicious circle but when you don't have any way of keeping players fresh you then heighten the risk of the players that you have picking up injuries which are related to fatigue mm-hmm. yes yes that's true mm. um, at a time when one or two people are wondering whether Alexis has played a little bit too much already because he didn't get much of a break. He was uh, brought back before Arsene really wanted to because we needed somebody on that opening day against West Ham, but in the end it was all in vain. And he's kind of been not quite ever present since, but in, he's played, what, 14 or 15 matches, I think, from memory. Uh, and he his effectiveness goes from the sublime about three, four matches ago where he had that burst of goal scoring. Mm. And then last night again, he... Um, I thought he looked subdued by his standards. He was still one of the liveliest players on the park, but subdued by his standards. So you're right. I think that fatigue is a question that's got to be answered if they're going to carry on with so many players missing. Uh, we're talking about three we- uh, the mythical three weeks for some of them, aren't yeah. we? So that's, you know, February the 4th or something before we see them. Mm. And <laughs> at, the, at this point of the season, you know, there's no other solution other than to use what you've got and maybe overuse what you've got. Um, the, 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 the idea of using some of the young players is, is not something that obviously Arsene Wenger is, is really into, given that he talked about some of the young players after the Sheffield Wednesday game and said that none of them are, are ready to play at this level. So it is a question of him just having to, right, let's see who we can get back. But uh, otherwise, he's going to find it very difficult to to move his squad around and keep players fresh. Are you a little bit worried as well that the the players who have come in, particularly, let's say, uh, Debussy and Gibbs, who have been given chances in games to put a bit of pressure on the the, the first-choice players, 
uh, I haven't been able to take those chances given that they're very experienced players as well. You know, we're not talking about kids coming in and uh, and letting something go. We're talking about experienced players who know exactly what they have to do. I mean, is there an element of... Uh, players talk, I guess, about how you, you need to be playing regularly in order to find your best form. I think we all accept that to a certain level. But there's also uh, probably a baseline, a level of performance that you should be capable of as a professional player. And, and maybe they're not doing that right at this moment. Uh, fair comment, I think. But if you took, say, Matthew Davucci, you mentioned there, if you take him as a case in point, I thought, you know, obviously his first three, four appearances this season haven't gone well. He's, he's struggled. He's looked as though he's struggling a bit. He's not the player that he was. So maybe it is a, a match fitness kind of thing. And actually watching uh, in Munich, he, although he started very badly, he was also positionally in a strange place because he seemed to be drawn into the centre and Joel Campbell was having to come back and do a lot of work where he was with his full-back Alaba and the other guy who was out there on the left who he got booked for bringing down. Mm. Uh, and gradually, I don't know whether it was the play, he sorted it out or Per Mertesacker sorted it out, but gradually he gravitated to that right wing and he came into the game and he actually did a reasonable job there, I thought. I thought he improved as the game went on. So hopefully that's a sign that come Sunday that he'll make that next little step up as well. Mm. Won't start as badly because he could have quite a, an interesting job on his hands on Sunday. He, he certainly could. He, he did a Hector, didn't he, actually, late on. He got he got back when Robin had gone around check and got back to yes. make a great tackle. So maybe sometimes yeah. it's on little small moments like that that a player gets a bit of confidence and uh, and what have you back. So it'll be good to see him do it. I mean, I don't think it, this is yeah. uh, re- truly representative of him as a player. It's just it's just a little bit of a worry when we don't have Bellerin that, that he hasn't been able to, uh, mm-hmm. to to really push him on. Okay, so look, Sunday, North London derby. Tottenham are in excellent form in the mm-hmm. Premier League, but it's one of those games, dare we say it, that form goes out the window. <laughs> uh, can, can we read anything into the way both teams have been performing, or is this just going to be, well, it's a derby, you just really never quite know what's going to happen? Yeah, I think uh, that, that, exactly that. Um, there was a spell when we had, of course, that great side with Burkamp and Pires and all the rest of it, when actually form didn't go out the window. We did beat them time in, time out. But, you know, things have... Yeah, but it was never reverted. easy, was it? Because, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. When you looked at the players uh, on paper, and we have Burkamp and Pires and Henri and Vieira and Jumberg, <laughs> and they have... Chris Armstrong and Maurizio Tirico and what have you. You know, it wasn't that there were four or five nil wins. You know, they were always pretty close games, even if we did come out on top more often than, than they did. Hmm. Yeah, that's probably a fair comment. But I think uh, that, that you're going into this, in those days you would go into it knowing we were going to win the game and more often than not we did. But in recent years, of course, there uh, have been one or two Reverses last year, this game, uh, unfortunately, the first one I've missed probably in, God, 50 years because I had a family wedding and uh, we got out of it with a draw. I, even that would be something of a disappointment for me. I've kind of got used to see us beating them at our place down the years. I, I suppose is, uh, uh, they've got used to winning. Uh, they've won a, a couple at home in recent years and mm. they've become, the, the standards of the two have 
look to come together a little bit. So at home, though, the onus has got to be on us to go out and, and play rather than stopping them play. I know they have some dangerous players and, and we've got to be defensively disciplined and not make the same mistakes we did against Bayern. But, you know, when you're bringing uh, guys like Ozil, when you've got Alexis, when you've got Giroud in the form that he's in, I think it's seven goals in his last seven games, you know, the, the onus really is on us to go out and win this one. Absolutely agreed. And the supporters would like nothing more than to see us do exactly what we did to Manchester United and come out first 20 minutes and blow them away. Mm. I think there's a there's a possibility that can still, despite the weakness on the right-hand side or the supposed weakness on the right-hand side, I think that's still something we can aim for. And as you say, whether you've got Giroud or Walcott up front, they bring different things to the, to the side. Giroud's in a hot run of goal-scoring form. And it would be great to see him grab a couple against Spurs. It really would. It certainly would. I don't think anybody would uh, would argue with that for one second. All right, Gunnar Hollick, as always, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, Blogs. Thank you very much indeed to Gunnar Hollick. You can always find him at his website, GunnarHollick.com, or on Twitter, at the Gunnar Hollick, at the Gunnar Hollick. The the is important. And if you don't believe me, just ask Matt Johnson. He'll tell you. Yes. So the weekend, we're facing Tottenham, North London Derby at the Emirates. We played them a few weeks ago in the Capital One Cup and we beat them. Two goals from Matthew Flamini. Does that affect the manager's thinking? Is Flamini now only able to play against Tottenham? It strikes me that this could be an actual thing. He's only capable of performing against Tottenham. Scoring two goals. I mean, look, you start with... Alexis or Ozil or Giroud, and they're going to be like, well, yeah, you know, they're good. You start with Flamini, he's still embedded in their psyches. They fear him. His powerful musk makes all the hackles on the back of their neck stand up. They're, they're terrified of him. So start Flamini. That's the, that's the key to winning this game, for sure. Could be being slightly facetious here, but you never know. Things happen in training. One or two more drop off the radar. That's what we could be reduced to. And we go into an interlull then, of course, and you want to be top of the table. You want to be top of the table. You don't want to have dropped points going into an interlull. We've done that before. It's annoying. It means two weeks of, oh, God, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? Whereas if you win the game going into the interlull, it makes things a bit quieter, maybe a little more boring. But, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with the boring. I can, I can live with things being slightly less discussion-y, debate-y, argument-y. I don't know what other words I could make up here, but you know what I'm saying. That if we lose the game, then it just it rumbles on for ages. And if we win, people go, yay, we won, and they're happy, and then they don't really think about it again. Because there isn't a whole lot to think about. There's not a lot to analyze when you win, of course. So my suggestion to Arsenal and to Arsene Wenger and the players on Sunday, just win. Just go out there and win. Don't do anything other than win. Because nobody will like it. The only people that will like it are cunts. And for the most part, one should spend one's life avoiding doing things that will make those people happy, right? I don't want to make Tottenham fans happy or other fans happy. Manchester City are playing Aston Villa, managed by Remy Gard. That's right. The famous Gard family of France. His father, Wright, invented deodorant, and he, Remy, 
was one of the first players signed by Arsene Wenger when he arrived at the club back in 1996. He brought in Remy Gard and he brought in Patrick Vieira, two French players. Vieira was pure talent, potential, and we saw how that blossomed over the years. But Remy Gard was a trusted kind of uh, right-hand man, somebody who could be the manager's eyes and ears in the dressing room a little bit, somebody to help integrate him and the squad. He never really set the world on fire as a as a player. Do I remember him getting sent off against Newcastle or injured against Newcastle? I can't remember. He didn't really imprint himself on my mind. But, of course, he has an Arsenal connection. He's now the manager of Aston Villa, and uh, it would be good if he could he could do us a favor because they're playing Manchester City. I mean, I don't hold out much hope for them, but Aston Villa are now not managed by Tim Sherwood. So that surely gives them a bit of a fighting chance. The interlull then coming up. Some of our players are going away. Lauren Koscielny, Kieran Gibbs has called up for England. Olivier Giroud playing for France. France are playing friendlies against England and Germany. Bit pointless. I know we've got the the playoff games and the European Championships, but why not just give the rest of the teams, you know, some time off? Why not do that? Let the world focus on these other games that they don't really care about. But anyway, we're going to have some of our players away. Good news, though, it seems that Mesut won't be playing for Germany. That's what Kicker are reporting today. Anyway, uh, the uh, the West Germany manager, West Germany. I've gone back to the 1980s. My apologies, German listeners and friends. Um, <laughs> the German manager, Yogi Love, is uh, is not going to call him up because we don't get a winter break and these are friendlies and he knows what Mesut Ozil can do. So apparently uh, Mesut's going to get a bit of a rest. So he'll probably, you know, swan off somewhere doing some Adidas stuff, pop up in a Berlin nightclub here, but he won't be playing or he won't be uh, in the training sessions. And hopefully that'll mean, you know, he won't get injured or anything like that. Alexis, I don't know what's happening. I presume Chile are having well, four games in eight days and Alexis is going to play all of them in every single position. But, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll just wait and see how tired he comes back on a scale of 1 to 10. He's already looking about an 8. Dare I say it, after the last couple of games, right? The last couple of games uh, that Alexis played, he hasn't been that good. It's okay to say it, isn't it? He just he hasn't been that good. Hasn't been his, his effervescent self. The only conclusion I can come to about that is that uh, he's saving it up for the derby. Yeah. If by some long shot, some crazy chance... Matthew Flamini can't score two goals. I think Alexis will be the guy to do it. So come on, Alexis. Come on, you Reds. Let's get a let's get a North London Derby win under our belt so we can enjoy the interlull. I'll be here on Monday with an Arscast Extra with James. Of course, we'll look back on what happened at the weekend and everything else. So until then, let's keep uh, let's keep everything crossed for the right result on Sunday. I'll talk to you on the next Arscast. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye.
That's right, pop pickers, it's time for another mixtape this week with Andre Arshavin. Hello, it is Arshavin, and welcome to my mixtape. I have asked guys at Arsenal website to do this many, many years, but they don't do. And now Arshavin is gone, and they do. What is going on? What is this? What? What? Anyway, here are my five songs for a mixtape. Number one. I like music that is uplifting and also cheerful. This is why I have choose music from EastEnders. It's such a happy tune. Do, 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 do. I love it. Number two. I like song where person can sing like an angel. This is why I choose next song is called Why Must I Cry? You must look on YouTube. You will love it. Number three. Everybody these days loves Taylor, right? She is one of greatest artists of all time. All of the songs are so catchy and she is incredible artist. That's right. Taylor Dane. Tell it to my heart. Number four. It's good when a song reminds you of a certain place and time in your life that have special meaning for you. This is why I like Shaggy, it wasn't me. When Defender run past me and manager says, hey, why have you not chased back Defender? I say, it wasn't me. <laughs> they don't laugh though. Number five. Here's my most favorite song in the world. He's by Andre Arshavin in The Dreamers. He's called Shut Up, Emily. And the lyrics are so clever. He goes a bit like, Shut up, Emily. Shut up, Emily. Shut up, Emily. Shut up, Emily. I have told you lots of times, please to shut up, but you don't shut up. Why don't you ever shut up? Shut up. Has won many awards at Russian International Festival of Arshavin Music. And that is my mixtape. Thank you for listening. <laughs>